You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Easy. It's like wearing, it, it is the oldest hat of all the hats, you know? So I've been, I've been playing this band for 23 years. Um, uh, Jim, Jim and I are OG members. Matt has been in the band for 18 years. Matt, Matt McClellan, the guitar player. You know, I know these guys, they know me. And, you know, we've established how, how our, we've established our, 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 uh, our places within the band as well as, you know, uh, a way, the way we write and, even though we brought Jerome into the fold and, and he had his voice as well, he still kind of understood how the rest of us kind of work and he fell into that and it just kind of all, you know, it all just gelled right there and, you know, that's it. That's how it, that's how it, uh, you know, that's how it goes. Hey, what's up, Vox and Hops heads? I'm Matt, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, brought to you by Sound Talent Media and Evergreen Podcasts, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians, talk all about their lives and music while sharing a craft beer. I hope you had a killer weekend. I most certainly did. This Vox and Hops episode is presented by Heavy Montreal. Heavy Montreal are Montreal's premier metal promoter, and I'm very stoked to have them behind the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast. Now, for today's artist spotlight, I'm very stoked to be showcasing Stone Nomads. Stone Nomads have forged a sound blending colossal riffs, dynamic groove, and all that is heavy. Get ready, everyone. Here is their track, Fiery Sabbath.
Street. That was Stone Nomad's Fiery Sabbath. The band is based in Houston, and they mix elements of Southern sludge and doom metal on a stoned-out Sabbath trip. They just dropped Fiery Sabbath back on January 5th, 2023, and you should most definitely go check them out. I have put the link to their band camp in the description of this podcast. Massive cheers to Stone Nomads for being a part of the Vox and Hops Artist Spotlight. Now, before we jump into today's episode, I'd just like to ask you to follow the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast on the podcast platform of your choice. But more than that, I would love for you to tell a friend about the podcast. If there's someone in your life that just loves extreme avant-garde, interesting metal, well, you should definitely let them know that the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast exists. You could tell them that there are over 400 episodes where I sit down with some of the world's most interesting metal musicians. We talk all about their lives and music while sharing a craft beer. If you would encourage one of your avant-garde, music-loving friends to become a brand new Vox and Hops head, that would be something that I would truly appreciate. Now, today on the podcast, I'm very stoked to be back with Bruce Lamont of Yakuza. Get ready, everyone. This is Vox and Hops episode number 408. I warn you, what you are about to hear is very disturbing indeed. Hey, what's up, everyone? Today, I'm very stoked to be back with Bruce Lamont of Yakuza and far too many other projects to mention. Um, Bruce, it's good to be back with you. Last time we had a chat it was back in 2020, um, episode 181. This one's coming out, you know, after episode 400, so it's going to be 400 and whatever that's going to be. Uh, Bruce, how you doing? I'm doing great, Matt. Good to see you again. So thanks for having me on. Hell yeah. So, so, so stoked uh, when... You reached out to me, um, telling me that Yakuza is dropping a new record, Sutra is coming out May 19th on Zvart Records. Uh, you were nice, uh, very nice, very nice. And people that are listening to this will figure it out, but I'm not going to say it. Uh, Vox and Hops is all about hanging out with my metal friends, talking about their lives and music while sharing a craft beer. Now, now, what beer do you have on your side that we will be sharing virtually tonight? Okay, the beer on my side is from a, br- uh, a brewery called Hot Butcher. Uh, for the world. Um, they actually just opened up a, a, a tap room here in Chicago, Illinois. Their brewery is nice. out somewhere in the suburbs. I'm blanking on exactly where. I could look that up while we're talking. But uh, anyway, so I was able to pick up a couple, two, three, four of these. Uh, it's it's, uh, it's, uh, it's one, of my, one of my faves as far as the IPAs go. Not, not just this one in my hand, but just overall uh, through most of the ones they have. Um, and, uh, yeah, a bunch of my beer drinking friends love it as well. So, you know, here we are. Yes. And I'm very, very stoked to, to also have that beer in my hand. Where did that come Uh, from? (laughs) Yes, exactly. More dirigible from a hot butcher for the world. I've heard killer things about hot butcher as right before we started recording this, I I said, I feel like I've had one maybe when I played Chicago last time. Sure. Hell over North America with a boarded. I feel like a, a cool fan brought me out some craft beers in exchange for guest list, which is a thing that happens when Cryptopsy's on tour. So, so. I'm excited to taste this right now. This is a single IPA with Citra, Simcoe, and Eclipse. Let's do it. 6.5%. Boosh. Kraken. Kraken. And cheers. Oot. Boink. I'm going to go straight can. Mad creamy. It seems like thick. Uh, a nice thick IPA. They seem to have figured something out with the body going on here in this beer. I can smell the hops from over yeah. here. That citrus Simcoe and Eclipse is just radiating from it. Uh, massive cheers to you for coming back, hanging out with me. Cheers. Boosh. Cheers. Ooh, look at that nose. It's so creamy. Smooth. Pleasantly bitter. Citrus, like, radiating. Um, melon a little bit. Very, very cool. 
Uh, how has 2023 been so far for you? Uh, it's been a busy year for most of us uh, now that, you know, everything is somewhat back to normal. Uh, how has 2023 been so far? So far, so good. I have no complaints, you know. Uh, I've been mostly gigging, so happy to, to report that. And, uh, you know, we're, we're coming out of a, a pretty mild winter here in Chicago, honestly. We could have had it much worse. And, you know, springtime and Summertime in Chicago, Illinois is a, is a whole lot of fun, and uh, you know it's 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 great outdoor beer drinking weather. Just just you know just saying. I mean, anywhere in the world is, is has great outdoor beer drinking weather, even in the in the coldest of months up there in Montreal, Canada. I, I have definitely had a beer outside there for sure. <laughs> you know, but it's it's the thing to do. It's the thing to do. Absolutely. So, but you know, I also do love having those those summertime beers, and uh, yeah. So, looking forward to. Uh, you know, I'm mean, looking through the rest of see what else twenty twenty three has to offer, you know. So far so good. Very good. Well, I'm happy that you're busy and you're gigging and you're back doing what you're supposed to be doing. Yeah. Uh, last time you were on, you were on a reset. You were drinking green tea when I had you on the <laughs> podcast last time. Uh, how long did that reset last before you came back to the world of the hops? Oh, it wasn't very long. It was maybe a, a, a four or six week little break, you know. And uh, it wasn't even really the beer that was... You know, uh, what I was trying to take a break from is more of I, I, I love to indulge in the spirit sometimes as well. And, you know, when the older you get, sometimes you need to take a little break. That's all, you know, and I, that's what I chose to do. And I know it wasn't very convenient for our uh, for our podcast as we want to talk about beer. But thank you for, uh, uh, you know, allowing me to, to come in and ha- sip that green tea. And I'm, I'm really happy to be back and, and you know, sipping some suds. As they say, you know, (laughs) (laughs) it's important. Well, if you're, you know, overindulging is not a good thing. Um, And knowing your limits and setting boundaries is very important. And I respect that very much. Uh, But you also got to fit into the tight pants to do the Led Zeppelin (laughs) 2 thing. So so I'm not sure if that had something to play. Well, there wasn't so much that, but yes, you are correct. So for all every one of these, you know. These IPAs, which I, I know are can be highly caloric and things like that, uh, there is a green salad that is right behind it. So you know it's why you got you got you got to have the balance there. Otherwise, I can't fit in those pants. And uh, <laughs> daddy, daddy can't get out there and you know shake that money maker. Uh, you know, so I, so I don't have to go back to my regular bartending gig. So nothing against bartending, I love it, but you know. I'd much rather do. I'd much rather put the wig and the and uh, the and the tight pants on any day of the week. So, absolutely, it's, it's, it's so cool. <laughs> who, who better to be but the, the rock god himself? Come on, that's right. Um, since that last chat, we we stayed in contact. Um, you were a part of Vox and Hops's brutal North America, where I paired twenty two bands with breweries from across North America. And we released beers together. You guys were teamed up with uh, Dry City Brewing. Uh, shout out to Mick, who has now since moved on to Miskatonic Brewing, which did a collab for Vox and Hops' fourth anniversary. Uh, shout out to Mick, Mickey Rule. Uh, talk to me about your experience um, with Brutal North America. I do have to say, and this is no shade on any of the other bands that were involved, but uh, Yakuza gave us some of the coolest footage. Oh! To uh, the, the performance uh, video that you guys did was so damn cool. Oh, thanks. Uh, I was very stoked about that. So talk to me about your experience being a part of brutal north america oh it was great Th- again thanks for asking us i mean we are we are all pretty serious hopheads, you know we, we're we're big beer guys especially uh jim who plays drums and myself so it was it was a it was a real treat and mick was he's a he's a good he's a great brewer and a really really good dude and a huge metal fan and music fan for that matter you know and we we had a great time we were we were there for all of it you know i mean we were there you know pitching hops and just all kinds just going through the entire process. It was super fun. You know, I, 
I've probably talked about the last uh, episode. I, I worked for Goose Island for about 10 years as a, as a bartender at their original brew pub. So, you know, I occasionally got to, you know, run downstairs and see what, what, what the, uh, what the brewers were up to, you know, just kind of checking in. They had a pretty, you know, pretty big system for a brew pub, you know, and the, the system they had uh, over uh, at Dry City was, was smaller, but yet they were really able to like crank things out pretty quickly and, and, and produce some really awesome beers. So uh, yeah, it was super fun. And again, thanks for asking us. We really appreciate it. And uh, anytime you do it again, we're in for sure. So, well, cool. That makes me very happy to hear. And uh, the beer, remind me of the beer. It was a, it was a, a red, red IPA. Yes, uh, blood of our enemies was the name of it. So uh, yeah, yes. red, red IPA. Yes, uh, yeah, it was fun. That was a, it was a, an interesting. Uh, I, I've you know I've been around IPAs and beers for you know a lot of years, and I, I'd never seen a, a maybe a, maybe one or two different red IPAs, and but I, those don't really come to mind. So that was like one of our. That was a, something new for us, you know, and for me too, you know. Yeah, as a as a longtime beer drinker, so yeah, it was cool. Very cool. I, I really thought it was creative and cool, and it obviously fits Yakuza because you guys are out there. Um, as everyone says, whenever there's a description of Yakuza, <laughs> there's the 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 avant garde. <laughs> Trump gets thrown around a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely gets thrown around there a lot. Yeah, yeah, we've heard it once or twice. That's cool. Last time we spoke, um, you were talking about making a new record. So this is it. It's here now. Yeah. It took all that time, and I understand that because Cryptopsy takes a damn long time to do stuff as well. Yeah. The pandemic didn't help that, but that's no reason really. So, so. Sutra is coming up May 19th, Zvart Records. Uh, talk to us about everything that went into this. You guys were crawling into the room together back when the pandemic was still hot and happening. Yeah. Uh, because you had to, because you felt like you needed that creative release. So, so, so talk to me about everything that went into creating this new record. It is 11 and a half years in the making. Uh, so yeah. last, last time we did a record uh, that was released in 2012, um, you know, I would say we were maybe kicking the tires there for a couple of years. And then around 2017, um, we kind of got the ball rolling again as far as just powering up the Yakuza machine. And while we did that, um, realized uh, that uh, Ivan Cruz, our bass player, lovely, lovely human being, um, he, you know, wasn't wasn't uh, into going along for the ride anymore. So we, you know, kind of left uh, with a new challenge and it wasn't, it didn't take very long until Jerome Marshall, who's been a longtime friend of ours, uh, you know, actually walked up to me at a beer festival of all things and said, so, Hey, I uh, heard I'm your new bass player. And, uh, we, we kind of, <laughs> we, we, we kind of like that cocky confidence in somebody where I'm, I was like, Oh yeah, cool. All right. And, uh, text the other two. And I was like, Hey, look at this. Jerome Marshall, and boom, he was in the practice space a week later. He already knew a half dozen of our songs, bam, bam, and that's where it kind of started, you know, uh, especially with this. We we kind of uh, cleared away any, like, ideas that were already on the, on the table. We brought Jerome in and let him kind of, like, you know, get his, uh, throw his two cents in as well. Yeah, we respect him as a musician as much as, as a friend, and we, you know, he's, he was, he's an equal, you know, to all of us. So, yeah, so over the next, I would say, five years, you know, from twenty late, later twenty seventeen until twenty twenty one, when we actually recorded the record. You know, we 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 worked on this stuff. You know, night and day, and including during 
the pandemic that was the one band out of all the bands i have that we were we decided that you know from day one that we're going to bubble up and keep working because we were too close at that point so <laughs> and, we, and we had nothing else to do so you know besides work <laughs> on like you know, trinkets in, in our basements and things like that so at least we can stick to working on the music so yeah and that was it so it was uh, recorded in uh, July of 2021, and, you know, the, the process of getting things out, you know, and art and all that stuff and vinyl delays and everything else. And yep. and here we are, finally, May 19th. Damn, that's exciting. That's exciting. 11 years, 11 years and a half taking a break for that long. You're so busy in so many projects, uh, so many hats, so many basically musical identities how easy was it for you to step back into that Yakuza musical identity, lyrically and, and vibe-wise? Easy. It's like wearing, it, it is the oldest hat of all the hats, you know? So <laughs> I've, been, I've been playing this band for 23 years. Um, uh, Jim, Jim and I are OG members. Matt has been in the band for 18 years. Matt, Matt McClellan, the guitar player. You know, I know these guys. They know me. And, you know, we've established how, how our... We've established our our our, uh, our places within the band as well as you know uh, a way, the way we write and even though we brought Jerome into the fold and, and he had his voice as well he still kind of understood how the rest of us kind of work and he fell into that and it just kind of all you know it all just gelled right there and you know that's it that's how it that's how it uh, you know that's how it goes so. Lyrically, where did you come at from this one? I typically work as a concept is something that really motivates myself and fuels the lyrics that go into a Cryptopsy record. Uh, how do you approach creating the lyrics and the atmosphere? The concept of the, 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 the album art is really interesting. Oh, thanks. I, I still don't quite understand what it is, but I, I like it. Cool. Uh, I can get to that first, and then I'll talk about the lyric themes. Uh, the, the art is actually... A uh, longtime friend of ours, uh, um, a lady named Sonia, and uh, she uh, takes basically like found wood scraps, anything natural. Uh, there's some there's some grains of uh, there's some wheat yeah, grain and wheat stuff or something. Yeah. yeah, and she'll create like these like kind of kaleidoscope like psychedelic images from that. You know, however, yeah, and you know it is like digitally manipulated, but it is all things from the earth, so that kind of works for us because we. You know, we're not, you know, we don't run around declaring that we're earth worshipers, but we definitely have a, a, a mad respect for it. You know what I'm saying? So it works. It works. Uh, the aesthetic works well for us. Lyrically, um, I try to keep things uh, somewhat like ambiguous and sort of like I, I hope people can like kind of get their own, you know, can interpret things, you know, their own way through the words and things like that. But occasionally there is like a theme. There's a song called Alice on the Record, which actually was the one song that we, you know, how you, when you're working on new new riffs, you uh, you might just like have like a tentative title for things or whatever. So oh, we had, yeah, a, we had a whole, all the time. All the time. So we had a whole list of those. And that was the one song that that title stuck. And the reason why it was called Alice was Matt, our guitar player, thought the second riff of the song, it reminded him of, of an old Alice, like a, like what Alice in Chains might have written. And, I, interesting. and okay. I took it a different way. I, I, I heard it as maybe I could do something with like the Alice in Wonderland story. But I know it's been done a million times, but, you know, in my own way. So I did. And I, I kind of like just, you know, again, kind of keeping it loose. But it's pretty obvious that I'm borrowing from that. You know, I talk about, you know, 
mad cards and mad hatters and things like that. But yeah, so that was that was a theme that you know I tried to kind of focus on, and uh, that was that was a fun one. The rest of my I don't I can't think of anything that really comes to mind. It's like oh yeah, it's 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 about this or it's this. You know, it's just like I said, try to keep it open and let people just kind of you know interpret it in their own way. But not Alice. That's super interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very partial to Alice, of course, um, yeah. being uh, my daughter's name. Oh, um, nice. And so that was the other part we wrote for her as well, too. Just let her know. So. <laughs> I was on tour with Cannibal <laughs> Corpse. My wife was pregnant. My daughter was supposed to be named something else. And I went to a bookstore and I picked up a Salvador Dali illustrated Alice in Wonderland, which is super fucking cool. Sweet. And I brought it home, gave it to my wife as a present for her birthday, I think it was. And... Um, as we're reading that and she's pregnant together in bed before going to sleep at night, we were like, I think we have to call her Alice. I think she's an Alice and that's what's it stuck. Um, so, so other songs that don't have concepts, how do you go about creating lyrics? Is it just like free flow thought processes that fall onto the page words that seem to fit stuff like that? How, how do you come up with these things? All, all of the above. Yes. And especially I like, I kind of like wordplay, like words that might have double meaning. Sometimes I might I might use things like that, or maybe two words that that like may rhyme with each other but m- make no sense like working together, like that kind of stuff. But it might create it might create some sort of mental imagery, like, huh, you know, uh, that's weird and okay, and you know, we're weird. I mean, duh. <laughs> so yeah, uh, think about all those kinds of things. Yeah, I'm constantly just jotting things down, and then you know, I might find some some things on, on one page that I've jotted things down that might make sense with some other things and all of a sudden I'll bring them together and be like oh there's almost like somewhat of a narrative here cool and just kind of go with that and it, again it's got to work rhythmically it's got to work oh, phonetically yeah. you know as a vocalist of course all these things that all these there's all these things that you know need to work I mean there's there's a reason why a lot of uh uh, vocalists uh, rely on particular words for a variety of reasons. You know, like just if you're looking for that short syllable word or whatever, you know what I'm saying? Or something that like goes dun, dun, dun. You know, I, again, I, all these words are escaping me right this second. I put on the spot of this interview. I'm <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, you know, that's, that's the thing is like, I mean, there's a million re- reasons for those things too. Or, you know, uh, I don't even know what, how I'm going now with this whole thing. <laughs> words, man, they're, they're hard to think about. <laughs> Especially you start drinking. It's important. As a singer, it, as a singer it's, it's, yeah. it becomes like, it's sort of interesting. And I don't know if it's this way for you, but a band is very, very vocal about song structure and stuff like that. But sure. when it comes to the lyrics, they tend to just sort of expect us to do it. Right. What, what the fuck is up with that? You know, I mean, <laughs> back, back in the day, some bigger bands would have a lyricist like... You know, poetically throw these things out to them, and then it would just be our job to like make you know sing those make words. Yeah, <laughs> where's the where are those people at? Where are those people that write this shit? I'm just kidding, but yeah, definitely, they're making it, they're oh, making real money somewhere. Yeah, right, exactly. Uh, but yeah, it, it generally generally it does get thrown at the singer for some some reason That's or funny, another. Man. Yeah, right. But you know, song structures, ever everyone fights over that. But. Right, exactly. Then it comes down. It's like, oh, that's that's your department. <laughs> you know, the song's finished, but I think we should change everything. Right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I had this idea while I was falling asleep. You know, exactly. Um, 
something that once again avant-garde um there's definitely people that did it before but you were probably the most well-known saxophonist in metal uh sax is now really sexy in metal and i'm sure you're aware of this this band's like rivers of nile uh white ward are using sax more and more in metal what, what is your take on the modern love of sax and metal where you been where y'all been no i'm just kidding <laughs> no it's great it's great i love it and uh uh, I've actually jammed with the uh, the Rivers of Nahal guys before. Uh, like one of the first so times cool. they came through Chicago, they're really real sweet, and uh, they have a really good sense of like uh, uh, they're they're very open to a lot of different styles of music, you know, and they want to incorporate oh, yeah. that in their own stuff. Which I, that to me is that's encouraging. So if if the sax is somehow um, uh, if if that's like the 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 the, the marker or whatever for people that, that it, this is this is going in a direction where people are actually opening their minds to trying new ideas and bringing especially into metal like fuck yeah that's awesome I'm, I I hope I hope that's the case and I hope people, I hope more metal metal bands you know are open to doing weird and wild stuff saxophone or not I mean whatever they're into I don't care you know why why is it the sax why is it always the sax you think versus other horns or something let's say well what is it about the sax that lends itself so well to metal uh it's made of metal <laughs> or, <laughs> kind of uh no i'm kidding uh and people it is a woodwind instrument but actually most of it's brass but you know anywho uh i don't know man you know i don't i don't know i always thought of it as like a war i mean when i first started using it, i'm like it's like a war horn man like mm. that's that's what yeah. i wanted to create you know um it, it, there's there's a wide range of possibilities with with the horn, especially if you run some effects and things. You can do a lot of stuff with that. I think. I mean, uh, it's got it's got some crazy shrieks and shrills if you if you know how to do that kind of stuff. And the low end can really uh, can be a lot more low endy than people would expect. You know, they're like, oh, this silly little saxophone. You're like, oh yeah, watch this. You're like, holy shit, what? <laughs> like you know. So yeah, I mean. I don't know. I keep I keep thinking like uh, I mean, there's like prog rock bands from the '70s that had all sorts of different instrumentation, and I'm like, I mean, I I I love when Peter Gabriel played flute in Genesis. You know, I thought that was badass. Um, I don't know if flute would cut through on some like pretty brutal metal stuff, but maybe. I mean, in a studio in a studio sense, and you add a ton of like long reverbs and stuff on it, it could sound really haunting and kind of badass. So maybe that'll make make its way into things i did i did uh play clarinet on a couple records here and there on the yakuza in yakuza over the years um it's it's it works well in the studio it does not work well on stage uh just it doesn't it just doesn't have enough you can't you can't put enough wind through it's like really make it sing over even else. even mics yeah even yeah mics, yeah, it yeah work. nah it doesn't work yeah not not or not well not well enough unfortunately so i'm sure someone will be will be watching this or listening to it and be like oh bullshit i can do that like good good i, I, I <laughs> the challenge electronic, you get out the there electronic flute is coming now the electronic yeah, exactly. flute yes or like or electronic <laughs> clarinets or whatever whatever you got there there's there was a thing called the ewe which is like the midi version of a saxophone like i think it was it was it was more popular in the 80s um uh, Everything I, was electronic in the eighties. <laughs> totally, dude. I mean, we had guitar. We had guitars back then. You know, I mean, the kids are trying to bring those back today these days too. I they're really, still pretty cool. I think they're still. Pretty- <laughs> I, I beg to differ slightly, but that's okay. <laughs> 
I want to I want to see someone do like a guitar swing, but yeah, a guitar. I want to see you do it. I want to see you play guitar in cryptocurrency. That'd be fucking amazing. Talk about making head- talk about making the leap. That would be a huge one. I'd be like, you're like, well, I know I have one fan out there. Bruce Lamont loves this kind of shit. <laughs> it's avant garde. Yeah, avant garde. <laughs> There was definitely like French horns and black metal. Yeah, uh, I, I've been one uh, yeah. for sure there. Oh yeah, uh, but I don't see the bugle ever coming. in. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> the the bugle. That's funny. When I was like, when I was in my twenties, I lived in like a high rise apartment. I'll never forget. I lived this like, next to this really really sweet, very very old lady, and uh, I was rehearsing my sax one day, and she knocked on the door and saying, like, "What you what you got in there? You playing the bugle?" <laughs> And I was like, no, I'm playing the saxophone. Oh, I thought that was a bugle. I'm like, yeah, they kind of sound the same, I guess. You know, I, I, I could have been worse. I could have been like, what's a bugle? <laughs> Amazing. Uh, something that's crazy about you, and we spoke about it a little bit last time, but the, the multitude of hats and creativity and constantly being inspired, uh, where does the energy still come from? Beer? No, I'm just <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Uh, it's it's a, a lifestyle choice I made a long time ago. You know, I mean, music's always been the, the thing for me. You know, and just whatever I can do to be a part of it in one way, one way or another. I mean, the jobs I do in Chicago, and uh, I, I either bartend at a venue or I work a festival, and you know, I'm I'm on that end of things. You know, and I'm happy to be on that end of things. Or Performing, you know, or or just helping the making the, whatever show happen. Like the show must go on, and it doesn't just include mm-hmm. like you or I being on stage. You know, you know, having our fun. There's a whole lot of other people that are involved in that too. And sometimes oh, yeah. I wear that hat and and totally great with it because because somebody's got to be there or someone one of many have to be there to make that shit. You know fly and uh on like the production side is that what you mean like uh, yes. setting up yeah and- yeah yeah totally all that stuff i mean there's there's project there's uh, production stuff there's also like i mean most of the, I, I i'm more in hospitality kind of stuff i mean obviously with uh, the, the the beer life and the bartending and things like that so generally um i help with that end of things but that's a that's festival stuff that creates in that cre- generates income so they get they're able to have these events uh, have pay the bands, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I, yeah, I'm, I'm simplifying it all, but you know, that's, that's what I've been doing for forever, you know, and I'm cool with that working on that end. Or like I said, being on stage either way, it's fine. Or I, I've, I've, I've roadie for Dave Whitty a couple times in my life, you know, so, you know, and I'm not even, I, God I, himself. Yes. I, I, yes. I'm not even a drummer and, uh, you know, but he knows he can trust me and I, I won't, I won't leave anything on stage and he'll always, He'll always get handed a beer at the end of his set, you know, at least one, if not four. <laughs> no, but I don't really for anybody. Well, yeah, but he's he's my dude. Massive so, yeah. shout out to Dave Woody. He's yes. the beer king himself. That's, I'm, I'm that's challenging right. him, but I'm I'm not anywhere near <laughs> approaching that goal as of yet. He's really the best. Yeah. So nice. Oh yeah. So nice. Oh yeah. So humble. Yep. Killer drummer. Yeah. Killer drummer. Yes, one one of the best. Yeah. Absolutely. fucking lootly Actually, I, I got Oh, I was going to say I got into a room with him uh, uh, Last November for the first time In about five years To, uh, you know, kick off uh, Kick kick the dust off the tires Of Brain Tentacles And uh, yes. it, it only took uh, It only took 15 minutes For us to start writing songs And then two and a half hours Amazing. later We had a shit ton of stuff 
And that wasn't even with Aaron Dyson. That was just me and Dave, you know, wow. just tossing stuff back and forth. And uh, yeah, uh, talk about a guy that's busy. That dude, he's, he's, oh, yeah. he's, I literally texted him last night. He's in Spain right now. Um, he'll be home maybe in a week or so. And we'll chat again. But uh, yeah, he's, he's all over the place. We're going to make this brain tentacles thing happen in the next three years. <laughs> just kidding. 12, 12 months. That was my next question was obviously there's new brain tentacle stuff coming up. So, so yeah. uh, talk to us about this new stuff. You, you, you had a chance to jam just with Dave. You're missing a key member as well. Uh, what, 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 what's coming up there? How can you create something new, uh, while staying in the vibe of what brain tentacles is? Uh, just getting in a room with, with Dave is all it took. You know, I mean, we just kind of, you know, we literally just like, just kind of feed off each other and just, you know, throw thing, throw ideas back and forth. He, he had sent me a bunch of like, uh, rhythms that he had, um, over the past like six, seven months. And I had a couple of ideas like melodically kind of tossed his way too. But now that we were in the room together, we were able to like literally just like volley back and forth. And, uh, you know, we do that for about 45 minutes and then his practice space is only about, Oh, about a five minute walk from a couple of different breweries that we we haunt a couple of his haunts in uh, in Richmond, Virginia. So you know, yeah. we got we got to go have a beer for inspiration, maybe two. Of course, and then we'll come back and work on some more. Yeah. And then <laughs> you know, he'll, he'll he'll text his partner April. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna work for another hour. We'll meet you at this place, another brewery, and uh, we'll we'll, we'll go there. And may, maybe or maybe we may or may not come back again, or maybe we would just stay there and have three, four, or five pints and. You know, and maybe we'll just get inspired. Oh, I've, I've actually, funny thing, I've actually like hummed stuff to him in my phone while we were like walking together. And I was just like, just jokingly, I'll text it to him. He'd be like, what is this? I'm like, this is what we're going to try at the practice space later today. He's like, oh, okay. You know, like that's just him and I. But yeah, definitely uh, a lot of beer inspires our, our work. You know. <laughs> I like how you're, you're so varied in everything that you do as you're creating stuff and the ideas come to you. Do you immediately know which projects it's meant for? No. Uh, so there must be, is it like what your brain is like, let's say you're working in that circumstance right there. The ideas that come to you go to that project. Correct. Is that basically I was, about, I, was about, I was about to say live in the moment kind of a situation where like Dave and I are in the room. I'm not thinking about Yakuza or anything else. I'm thinking about us and what we do. And just kind of like keep the focus on that. And same with Yakuza. I mean, that's when I'd be in that, in that space, I wasn't thinking about, oh, this may, maybe this little little ditty I just wrote for this. Maybe I can, you know, use the tail end of this for a brain tentacles thing. It doesn't really work like that. They're they're different kind of projects and different no, people. Totally. So yeah, it's more of, it's more of like an in the moment kind of thing, you know. Hey, what's up, Fox and Hopsins? I just want to take a little moment about Cryptopsy's upcoming tours. That's right, I'm talking about the Scream of Perseverance tour and our headliner dates that coincide with that tour called As Summer Burns. The Scream of Perseverance tour is kicking off at the end of May and runs all the way until the end of June. We are supporting the mighty death to all. We are going all over the United States and we are hitting some of Canada. So excited to be honoring the legendary music of death alongside amazing musicians that performed on these albums. Even more stoked to be doing some headliner dates in some cities that I've actually never played in. If you are planning to come to any of these shows, you should definitely grab your tickets by going to voxandhops.com slash summer 
and you will be able to grab all of your tickets there. That's voxandhops.com slash summer. Do it, people. Come hang out with me. Enjoy life, metal, and craft beer in your hometown. Come to a show. We're going to have a great time. Now, enough about all of that. Let's get back to the episode. Something that's uh, really, really important for me is talking about mental health. Um, sometimes we don't feel good, and I might like to showcase that and say that it's okay to not be okay, and it's okay to approach these harsh subjects and harsh emotions. Um, and I like to ask my guests what they do when they are in a dark moment. What 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 is a tactic that you've um, built for yourself that you would could share with Vox and Hops heads that are listening right now? I thank you for bringing this up. It is something that I think about a lot, not about myself so much, but there's there are a lot of people out there um, that struggle, and yes, they need to know that it's okay. We're we're all humans. We're we're all human, and we all have a, a, a variety of emotions that you know we deal with on give give it every five minutes of the day. You know, um, I do a lot. I do a lot of meditative breathing kind of breathing kind of stuff. I mean, in the morning, in the evening, but also throughout the day. Um, uh, a calming, a calming like uh, breath exercises, like the four, the four eight, the four or the four seven eight, where you take you know four seconds. You take you breathe in through your nose, you hold it for seven, and then you slowly exhale through your mouth for eight. You do that. You do that four to six times in one sitting. Um, it it seems it tends to work. You know, I mean, if you're if you're a little elevated, it might not it might not work right away. But if you just kind of keep at it, you know, those are some things I I try to do. Um, you know, if not feeling like in the right headspace, I may say uh, I'm gonna take some time off of you know drinking and anything that would kind of like send you. I don't know to say send you, but like just anything that might just like add to the add to your 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 mental state or any, any kind of issues you're having with that i mean maybe caffeine might be causing anxiety anxiety for you so maybe pull up you know back off that and um those kinds of things um yeah but i i, I do think about it a lot not you know not dwell on it but you know i mean it's okay not to be okay but we've yeah it is yeah for sure so and Sometimes a, a really good throwdown fucking, you know, thrash metal show with some with like a real with a real gnarly pit that that kind of that helps sometimes too. And not saying you got to like take your anger on anybody, but just like just have a, have a release. Have, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I was gonna say definitely a release. Just have have some fun, you know. Um, that that helps too sometimes. So, you know, the breathing is interesting because it really, if you purposefully take a moment to stop. And to just focus on breathing, it, it really allows your brain to sort of just sort of like reset. Yeah. It's super interesting. Uh, no, yeah. one, no one has mentioned that to me as of yet. Um, I don't meditate, but I understand the, the benefits of it. Yeah. Uh, with a bu- with a busy brain such as mine, uh, yeah. with everything that I have going on, it's uh is a very interesting tactic to, to yeah. f- me- f- like force your brain to only focus on breathing. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is something that we just do naturally on its own, right? On our own. Yeah, totally. And I would say, like, you know, sometimes people get turned off the idea of, like, actually, like, oh, I'm going to go sit and meditate now. Like, maybe that's mm-hmm. not, maybe that's not the thing for you. Maybe, like, I'm saying, just, I take these breaths I'm talking about, like, while I'm driving the car. I'm not closing my eyes. I'm just, I'm just doing this. But I'm, just, yeah. Well, sometimes I am just for fun. But that's, <laughs> that's, that's a whole other part of the story we'll get to later. But uh, uh, no, all, all joking aside. 
Yes. Yeah, those just, you know, just press in the car or by yourself, anywhere you want me. I mean, I could be on the train, you're just sitting quietly, you know, maybe you pop your headphones in, there's not any music happening or there's some soft music playing and you do these kinds of things. You can just do it wherever, you know? I mean, I don't know. I picked that up from, actually, I did, uh, I did uh, take the Transcendental Meditation courses uh, back in 2019. And some of the things I, I got from that was they uh, they expressed in these in these uh, in, in in these um, I hate calling them classes. Uh, I want to call them uh, seminars, uh, work, sure <laughs> workshop, whatever. Uh, the one thing I picked up was that you could do this anywhere. Oh, you can trans, you can you can meditate anywhere. You can you can literally just you know close your eyes and be on the bus or wherever. And I thought, oh, this is that's a nice idea. So yeah, I just kind of took that idea and just like. Did it with the other breathing stuff as well, too. I mean, they're all similar. You know, they're all based on breathing. It's all based on, like, focusing on one very basic concept like breathing, and that's it. You're not thinking about the million of other things that go on, you know, throughout your day and in your, in your own brain and whatever. So, I don't know. Simplifies, thing, simplifies things, at least for the moment. Speaking of. Yeah, exactly. I was. I, we're right on the same <laughs> We're, we're, we're going to switch gears. Part two. And uh, t- take it up a notch. Yes. All sides are green. This is where the, the interview gets real interesting. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. This is a double India Pale Ale, Nelson Sauvé Simcoe Riawaka. So the uh, New Zealand hops coming in hard here. Yep. Although I'm not, I'm not, I don't know if Simcoe is, but I know the first two are. Yeah. I'm, not I'm sure assuming it is if, since they paired them together. Sure. Super different nose on this. Very interesting. I still have some of this one too. This one's the citrus farty as hell. It's, yeah. it's cat piss fart citra. <laughs> this is like way more like bubblegum. Like melon bubblegum. Yep. Interesting. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers to you. Eight point five percent, if I remember correctly. That's correct. Yeah. Eight point. See the booze kicks a little bit more of a booze bite on it. Yeah. But still super creamy. Um smooth, um, melony. Very, very, very cool. I'm doing this whole new segment called Fight the Hops, where I ask my guests um, a small goal that they're working on, something that they hope to achieve over the next month or so, two months. Uh, could be business orientated, could be personal, could be uh, fitness, life goals, whatever. Um, what are you doing right now to fight the hops? Uh, well, <laughs> it's... it's <laughs> A lot of stuff. Um, always, always doing music things. One thing I'm actually excited about uh, my is my BFF, and he also uh, happens to engineer almost every record that I that I play on. His name is Sanford Parker, and he and I have played in bands together. Uh, we actually had a band together, um, which it's not it's not it's it's, it's an open ended project, so it never ended. It's called Circle of Animals. We did a record on Relapse a long time ago, and uh, we have talked about reviving that. But we're taking it into a new direction. So that's something that uh, in the next month or so, uh, we will uh, get down in the studio and start messing around. So um, he's been doing some, he's been scoring some soundtrack, uh, movie soundtrack stuff. I want to ask you about that. Yeah. yeah and I, I played on a couple of them and we kind of want to take it to a, another level. And and that's kind of like the, the, the theme for our project is is kind of writing more like cinematic style uh, music, cool. music together, uh, either for a film or for, or just, just for a record, you know, either way, it doesn't really matter, but, uh, that's, there you go. That's the, that's the thing I'm going to focus on in the next month. That's very cool. And, uh, when you step into the, the studio with Parker, is it, um, 
do you have stuff laid down stuff because the way you mentioned it was like you just go into the studio and just create stuff uh for the for the stuff we did for the soundtrack stuff he just called me and it was like hey i have a couple ideas bring a couple horns we'll run through this uh for that i just went in kind of blind and whatever he asked i just kind of played it uh this time this time he has some um he has some solo music that he's been kind of sitting on for a while and so have i and we're just going to kind of like see how they work together and st- start there. And then we'll kind of let that dictate our path, you know? Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. So, so movie soundtracks, and this is something interesting because I just did a post-rock episode with a dude from EF. Uh, and I was saying that post-rock, a lot of the big post-rock bands don't release new albums anymore because they're getting hired to do these soundtracks. And why would you put all this effort and time into creating an album to go tour it when you can just sell it uh, as a soundtrack and get paid big-ass money. So, so is this uh, basically an aspiration of what might happen with Circle of Animals? Maybe. <laughs> you got the Led Zeppelin 2 gig keeping you happy and fed at home, and then you can start just pumping out soundtracks. Trying. Yeah. I mean, yeah. What We'll see where it takes us. You know, I never, uh, you know, I never... Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think too far ahead about it. So, but yeah, very cool. I mean, what, what genre of music of of, of um, movies? Because what I did see on your socials was a horror movie that you guys did together. That was the Inhabitant. Yeah, um, that's right. And then there's another one coming out. Actually, there. I think he did three, and two of them are horror films. I think I'm on both of the horror films. Uh, and then the third one, I don't really know. Uh, as far as oh, for Circle of Animals, like how we're like what we're gonna write towards. I mean, we're just dark people, so we're gonna end up, that music's gonna be dark in one way or another. <laughs> now the, the instrumentation, but oh, dark and weird though. So and we'll have a little weirdness to it, you know. But yeah, I would I would assume it's more for like a, a thriller, maybe not so much like a, a gory heart, you know, gory um, horror film. But you know, you never know. So. But yes, I, I didn't think we'd be. I mean, if someone wants to hire us for a love story, I, I'm not opposed. I'm, I'm up for the challenge, you know. So, so you, you think you think that sax would work with that? Dude. <laughs> you would think. <laughs> Maybe not the way but I play when, it, but not, <laughs> not when Bruce is playing. <laughs> as my as my wife's just looking at me through the through the door right now, smiling like I'm like, you know, little do you know what I do when I walk around the house and I play for her, you know. <laughs> Only her, though. Gets her, That's all. Gets her in the mood. Uh, something that you did do over the past summer or fall months was play with and tour, basically, with a massive pop act, yeah. dry cleaning. Yeah, yeah. Talk to me about that, about, uh, about wearing that hat, being the avant-garde sax player that steps out on tour with a massive pop, just mad, huge. So, so to talk to me about doing that and, and sure. playing different... Well, obviously, you do Led Zeppelin, too, so you can turn it on you know like like different personas basically yeah but this is different yeah i you know there's a back there's a a little backstory i'll give it really quick um they came to chicago to play uh their first shows and they're playing a place called empty bottle which i've worked at for a a number of years and i got hired to actually drive them for the couple for a couple days and we just really hit it, hit it off. You do it all. You do it all. <laughs> I mean, this is, this is also coming out of the pandemic. I, I, did, I didn't take any gig I can get my hands on, but, I, I, but I'm Amazing. actually happy to do that. I love driving bands. So, um, yeah, we got to know each other. We were friends. And as I uh, I said, to you, I mentioned before, but uh, Tom 
the guitar player is a closet kind of metalhead, and uh, he kind of trolled through my uh, Instagram page and was like, whoa, whoa, you play with so-and-so, oh, whoa, you're in that, whoa, 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 you know, and, and was like, hey, would you ever consider playing sax with us? And, and I, had, I had never heard of them before driving them, and then I saw them play, and I was like, oh, I, I like this band a lot. Like, I, I really, I, they have really good pop sensibilities. Um, everyone in the band just kills at what they do, you know. And uh, anyway, they were, they were coming back to Chicago playing this festival called Pitchfork Music Festival, which I also work at. And uh, I said, sh- and they're like, would you sit in with us? And I said, yeah. So I sat in just for a song, and it went over great. And the band loved it. And they were like, dude, anytime I come to Chicago, we love to have you sit in. I'm like, okay, great. And they were coming to Chicago at the same night I had you playing with Led Zeppelin too. And, uh, I, I, obviously I couldn't, I couldn't sit in with them, but I was like, man, I, you know, you, 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 you name the place and I'll show up and I'll play there. They're like, dude, you show up anywhere on tour. We will totally have you. So I, I took that for what it was. And I looked at their schedule and I was like, I could do Philly in New York because I had some extra, I had some points. I could fly out there and not bother them with anything. And uh, I asked them, they're like, fuck yeah. And show up in Philly and, you know, played a couple songs and they liked it. And the next night they're like, will you play a couple more songs? And I was like, sure. So I ended up, you know, and they said, boy, if you're on this whole tour, you'd play the whole set with us. And I was like, all right. But anyway, all that aside, uh, their music was really easy to just, just, jam on you know with them and it was really fun and they're really open to weird and wild things so again we just we <laughs> that's how we uh we uh we we bonded so very cool yeah I think that's awesome and they're great I, I i can't say enough about them so not only are they some of the uh most wonderful people i've ever met in my life in a band and like you said they're getting they're 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 getting huge i mean we we're in we we're in brooklyn it was a sold out show it was like 1500 people it was like people were like wow. going, going ape shit for them and i was I was thrilled because they really like they just have they just have really good hearts and they really like you know don't let it go to their heads or none of that shit. They, 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 they doesn't like doesn't mean come into their world. They're just like grateful for everything that they do and they're young and I'm like yeah fuck yeah get out there and kill it you know that's awesome. So there you go. I love it. You you've you've played with so many people, collaborated with so many people. Is there a bucket list artist that you haven't had the chance to jam with to to? hang out with to collaborate with i don't know uh i man most of the most of yeah most of the of the people i would have loved to maybe you know played with uh have 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 passed on from this world unfortunately you know but uh i just keep going back to like i mean for a lot of years in in early yakuza i always like I, I used to uh um well not only dream but i i used to dedicate a song to napalm death every night and sure enough, 2019, I get the call and I play with them at Metro in Chicago. And then I get the call Damn again nice. and I play with them again. And now every time they come to Chicago, I sit in with them and they're fucking, they rule as humans. And they're so cool. They're the best, you know? Yeah, they're fucking awesome. So yeah, that was, that was a big one on the bucket list. And then hit the bucket list a couple of times. I was like, well, shit, I don't know if it gets <laughs> any better than this. <laughs> but that's pretty damn good. So I'll take it. So, you know. Um, I'm sure there's one that's just not coming to, to, to mind right now, but man, I wish I could, uh, I wish I could think of something, anything. Um, I mean, fuck if Metallica want me to get up and play with them. I'll do it. I don't give a shit. You know, I'm not really on my bucket list, but I'll take it <laughs> free of charge. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> no, no. Come on. Yeah, that'd be very sick. Yeah. Who wouldn't? Who wouldn't? Right. Exactly. Uh, now we made, we made. 
blood of our enemies together. Yes. If you could make another beer right now, let's say I, I hit you up and I say, we're doing a collab, Brutal North America, part two is coming up. What beer would you make for Yakuza? Okay, that's, can I, can I, can I give another shout out to another brewery really quick? So, of course. That beer was Matt McClellan, our guitar player's idea. He didn't want to make a run-of-the-mill IPA. I, I guess, am fans of run-of-the-mill IPAs, so... Uh, Wake Brewing is making or is it's it should be ready just about right now. Uh, they're doing a, a hazy IPA that I helped uh, put that uh, helped them put together. They did they did all the legwork. I just threw a couple of you know things out to them. So I was going to say that we decided that every beer that we do as a band, each of us gets to dictate what the style is. So very cool. I have a feeling the next beer will be Jim, and I think he's going to deviate from the IPAs, and we probably might go into the stout world, you know, something, something, something fun. I don't know, but yes, we'll go to the, we'll go to the, we'll go to the dark side of the beers, and uh, if something, I don't know, I, 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 I want to say like a, a cherry stout, but a hint of cherry, nothing crazy, maybe, maybe, you know. Aged in some bur- bourbon barrels. I did work for Goose Island for a long time, you know. So I got the Bourbon County Stout. I used to, I used to, st- I used to steal growlers of it back in, back in the nineties <laughs> for my dad and I, you know. Uh, uh, I think, I think I'm cool now. I, I can say that I, I did. I, I, I didn't, I didn't steal ago. it. I paid for it. I just, I just wasn't supposed to fill up growlers full of that stuff. But anywho, uh, yeah. So I think we might go stout. That's 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 the next one. So if you're if you're asking. There you go. Very cool. I like it. Last time um, we wrapped up with my classic wrap-up question. I wonder if your answer is still the same. You mentioned that uh, a Jepson's Malort, a shot of that is is your perfect hangover cure. Uh, has your hangover cure evolved since 2020? Um, let's wrap up with that. Uh, I gave up the Jepson Malort thing about a year ago uh and it is no longer a hangover cure for me or <laughs> or a shot of choice for that matter so um uh you know i haven't been i haven't been drinking to the point of like hang, waking up with like a serious hangover lately but if i did um i would probably have a beer there you go <laughs> how about that and honestly i mean i i just like it i just like a cold IPA. Um, there's actually a company, um, Son of Juice, Maplewood. It's a Chicago beer. Um, I love that beer. And even when I had COVID for the first time, like a while back, I couldn't eat for like 24 hours. But the only thing I wanted was one cold beer. And so I, I like, I like hit the wife. I'm like, I just have a craving for a cold beer. And she's like, have it. And I'm like, okay. Had the beer and I, I felt that much better. Actually, I felt that much better. But, uh, simple, yeah. simple, simple pleasures. Yeah, simple pleasures. So yeah, I'd probably go for a beer. That would be the, that'd be the hangover cure. You know, amazing, Bruce. Thank you so so much for coming back, having a chat with me about your life, music, craft beer. Um, very stoked about the new Yakuza Sutra coming out May nineteenth. Vart Records. Everyone gets stoked. Yakuza's back, and uh, you know they're avant garde. Come on, <laughs> cheers. Avant garde. Cheers, Matt. Thank you so much. <laughs> Happy to be here. <laughs> Hey, thank you all so, so much for listening right today. You know that I love and appreciate that. Man, do I love Bruce Lamont. 
such a cool guy just so goddamn interesting just so creative i love speaking to people in multiple projects i love speaking to creative individuals that just have a multitude of musical identities i just find that super interesting and inspiring massive cheers uh, to bruce for being awesome uh, for hooking me up with some stuff uh, for hanging out with me again i am very much looking forward to finally meeting you face to face hopefully soon Bruce, you rule. Everyone go check out that brand new Yakuza record. It's coming out this Friday. Now, if you enjoyed this Vox and Hops episode, you should sign up to the Vox and Hops Middle Podcast mailing list. You could do that on my website, voxandhops.com. That's V-O-X-A-N-D-H-O-P-S.com. When you do that, you shall receive one email a week that contains all of the details of everything that has happened recently in the world of the Vox and Hops Middle Podcast. You will see which episodes I dropped recently. You will get to see which episodes I have coming up. You will also get to hear about any projects I have in the works before I announce them to the public, such as my massive global beer collab project, Pit Culture. You will get to find out which collabs are dropping next and you also get to see which albums the vox and hops album review crew have reviewed recently and you will get to see which albums jerry monk vox and hops's metal architect has added to the brutal awakenings playlist there's always a lot of stuff going on in the world of the vox and hops metal podcast and i hate when you miss a single thing so please do me a favor and sign up to the mailing list the vox and hops metal podcast is brought to you by sound talent media and evergreen podcasts i hope you have a killer rest of the week i have one more episode coming up this Friday, all about Yakima Chief Hops presents Vox and Hops Haze Wars. But until then, remember to enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. Cheers, Vox and Hops heads. Hey, this is Steve Choi, host of the Musicians Guild podcast, part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. Within the four walls of the Musicians Guild, we'll be discussing the habits, idiosyncrasies, experiences, and general psychology of my friends and peers, all involved with music in various capacities. Listen and subscribe at SoundTalentMedia.com.